Welcome to The Rock Play, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. This is an outdoor podcast that aims for the head. I'm Colin True, and today I'm hopping on a soapbox and offering some advice to anyone aspiring to work in the outdoor industry. Because while, yes, it's a great arena in which to make your career, it's not all maple creamies and rainbows. But before I get to that, I need you to do me the ultimate solid and open up your podcast app, click that follow button, and leave us a rating and review. The listener engagement with The Rock Fight is how we grow the show. And lastly, if you want more from The Rock Fight, head to rockfight.co to sign up for our weekly newsletter, which contains exclusive content that comes out, uh, you know, weekly. Thank you so much for supporting us. All right, let's start the show. Longtime listeners to The Rock Fight have no doubt heard me reference my time spent working in the human-powered outdoor industry. The more than 20 years I spent going from shop floor kid to sorta executive is the main source of the opinions I spew out into the world on this show. And so, yeah, I look back on that career with mostly good vibes. There were more good times than bad, I suppose is the best way to put it. But working at a lot of outdoor industry jobs is not all puppy dogs and boondoggles to Moab. If you decide to work at an outdoor company and you are motivated to level up the corporate food chain, inevitably, you will run into some of the same conundrums you'd find at any company. Because at the end of the day, these brands are simply making stuff. Just because that stuff is objectively cool compared to a brand that makes boring everyday stuff doesn't mean that your potential employer doesn't face the same challenges as anyone else who makes stuff. At some point, even the cool outdoor stuff ends up being just widgets that need to be designed, made, warehoused, shipped, and sold on a regular biannual cadence. And once you're working at a brand or a company that's too big for everyone who works there to fit into one conference room, the real risk as a passionate outdoor employee is the joy void, the place where the passion of the outdoors finally succumbs to the tyranny of big business. The youth of today generally seems to be much more well-adjusted when it comes to creating a career than those of us raised by greatest generation or boomer parents. We entered the workforce in the 90s or earlier with the expectation that success wasn't happiness. Happiness? What a silly notion that is. But it's actually to hold a position that your parents could brag about. They needed to be able to answer a question like, so what is Jennifer up to? With an answer like, oh my God, let me tell you. She was just promoted to senior account manager. And can you believe she's only 19 and hasn't graduated college yet? Giving an answer like, oh my God, let me tell you. She moved in with her boyfriend into a van and they split their time between climbing at Indian Creek and ripping turns at Brianhead. Next summer, they may just park in Malibu for a few months and make some money working at Starbucks. Was not something mom and dad wanted to have to say. Every single second of my industry career was spent with a how can I get to the next step point of view. So even if I was in a role that suited me and I enjoyed, it was colored by already looking ahead for the next thing, more status, more money, more visibility to those who would promote me out of roles that I hadn't even gotten to yet. When I eventually got to the places where I thought I wanted to go, all I had done was entered the joy void. Because the upper positions at many outdoor brands are simply roles where you're sitting in meetings, reviewing spreadsheets, yelling at each other over misses, and barely celebrating the wins. And while you can make the case that if you're motivated to get to the executive level of a company, an outdoor brand would still be superior to something in a different industry because at least there's an element of play or passion in what the company does. But I think it's actually worse. 
There's a real hollowness to a bunch of people who are supposedly shepherding a company based on a shared history of playing in the outdoors who are mostly very far removed from the days of prioritizing actually going outside. Executives who make an effort for that annual ski trip or to make sure they go for the occasional run at a sales meeting with the customer service team to maintain the illusion of authenticity, but who mostly make excuses about why they don't do the cool stuff that they used to do. The Joy Void is the ultimate hangout for true posers. Posers not because they're acting like they're part of something that they're actually not part of, but because they used to be in the club, they no longer are, but they still act like they are. Now I'm casting a wide net here based on my own experiences, and there are probably examples of larger outdoor brands that are the exception to the rule. But the joy void is real, and I want to offer some tips to anyone out there considering an industry career to avoid the void. Tip number one. Retail rules. Okay, first off, I'm not begrudging those of you who may want to sit at the top of a company. If business is your passion, then go for it. I'm just saying that there are places in our industry where outdoor passion is less of a mission statement and more of a stale fart if the business part isn't your sole goal. So we all need to have a realistic view on our ambitions, and that's really my point here. But whether you're just looking for that Venn diagram intersection of the work plus perks plus that outdoorsy vibe you want in your job as an outdoorsy person, or you really do want to get to the top of a big company, retail is undefeated. Working the shop floor and all the products and brands of the stuff you love to do, engaging with the people who are going out on their own adventures and guiding them to be ready for those adventures, joining store-led outings on your local trails or waterways, it's the most authentic way to be in the outdoor industry as a true believer. But my favorite job came after I stopped working on the shop floor, and that was when I got to be a tech rep. Being a tech rep was all of the perks of working in the shop without the general annoyances that come with working retail, combined with being the face of a brand on the front lines, but without as much of the stakes for the health of the brand or the company as being a sales rep. And yeah, that includes not getting paid as much too. But effectively, my job as a tech rep was this. Go make the most influential people in the outdoor industry, specialty retail employees, love our brand and our products. Take them biking and hiking. Take them kayaking and skiing. Give them swag and seed them products. Take them out for beers after you've just done a clinic. Go to cool events and do the coolest stuff that happens at those cool events. I was a tech rep for about two years, and I wish I had done it longer. But all of those aspirations to check that next node didn't allow me to enjoy where I was or what I was doing. I thought I was driving towards bigger and better things that would still be in alignment with my retail-based jobs. But I was just on a collision course with the joy void. Tip number two. Choose your mentor wisely. This is a tough one because as a mentee, you often don't know that you've made the wrong choice when it comes to your mentor until things have gone horribly wrong. You align with a mentor when you're inexperienced, and you have to trust that this person is going to guide you through gaining that experience. I've had really good mentors, and I've had some that have gone off the rails. I wish I had done a better job seeing the coming endgame with those, but even still upon reflection, I learned more from the rough times with a mentor, so as far as mentorship goes, it's hard to be mad at the time spent because I learned a lot, even if I misjudged the character of the person who was teaching me. It really comes down to what you want and occasionally checking in with and even changing your own goals so you can appropriately judge those who are helping you grow your career and make sure your mentors are still a fit for you. The issues I ran into was believing that everyone was invested in me as an individual. 
But what you learn is that despite the personal relationships you form over your career, you're still a cog in everyone else's plan. So any real career support you get is likely driven by how you're going to benefit those around you. This is especially true in the outdoor industry where the common ground of being outdoorsy can delude us into thinking we all have each other's backs. And learning the lesson that all is fair in business can be a tough lesson to learn, especially if you're learning it on the wrong side of a round of layoffs. The only one you can rely on to revise your goals or change the trajectory of your career is you. Your mentor will suit you as long as it suits them, and they definitely won't protect you from the bottomless pit that is the joy void if it suits their own needs. Tip number three. Separation of work and play. It's so easy to get sucked in by the idea of merging your personal passions with your work. So easy. But I admit, I have been jealous of my outdoor friends who have jobs that don't intersect with the industry. Now, am I suggesting that the joy void doesn't exist in other industries? Hell no, the joy void cares not what your company does. The joy void does not discriminate and will happily suck the joy out of any employment situation. I do believe that the joy void enjoys the outdoor industry a little bit more because of the expectations that we carry into those higher level positions and the tasty disappointment that the joy void can feast on probably occurs with more regularity. But ultimately, defeating the joy void is a process of understanding who you are and what you really want to do. Some of the hardest truths to learn are the most obvious. If I wanted to have a corporate gig in the outdoor industry again, I'd be silly to do something that wasn't focused on retail. But it took me 20 years to figure that out because of my own ambition and adherence to what I thought I should be doing and surrounding myself with people who could teach me but not advise me about the path that I should be on because that wasn't their job. So keeping your outdoor ambitions and professional ambitions separate could actually be an advantage. And look, there's no one-size-fits-all option here. If you are doing what you're supposed to be doing in a place where you're supposed to be doing it, then high fives all around. But if something smells a little rotten, like perhaps something about the outdoorsy job you have not lining up with what you really want, don't fall into that trap that it can't be that bad because after all, I'm working for a cool outdoor brand where a lot of people would love to work. Figure out what you want to do along with what you should do and work backwards from there. No one has all the answers and even if you're in a good place now, your priorities could change later. I'm only here to try and protect you because I've been in the joy void. Sitting in leadership team meetings, reviewing agenda items I could never have imagined I'd have to care about. Surrounded by others who only have outdoor plans because they have to train for the big corporate bike ride. Needing to care about improving CRM usage or capabilities. Or trying to tell someone about your recent ski tour or surf session and they look at you either in confusion or with straight up jealousy because they feel like they can't go do that stuff anymore. This is the joy void. The folks in there with you are good people, and those tasks and responsibilities help the company run and grow. But it's probably not what you thought you'd be doing a few years after your first day at REI. All right, that's the show for today. I want to hear about your industry employment experiences. Send your emails to myrockfight at gmail.com. You can also reach out via socials. We're on TikTok, Instagram, and threads at underscore rockfight underscore. Please also head to rockfight.co and sign up for our weekly newsletter with everything that is happening in the RFU, a.k.a. the Rockfight universe. The Rockfight is a production of Rockfight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday. And here, as always, to take us out on this beautiful Monday is Krista Makes from Less Than Jake.
with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock fight.